Buckle up everyone and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. And I'm the Chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League on the podcast networks all around the country and the world, Griffo. And um, we're just over a week away from the season, good and proper. It's getting close now. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, we need some good news. There's been plenty of, plenty of not so good things going on. And we feel for, obviously, like people of of uh, southeast Queensland, northern New South Wales, mm. um, doing it tough there. Obviously, uh, over in other parts of the world, uh, doing it even tougher. Um, so, yeah, and, uh, a little ray of sunshine, the National Rugby League starting soon. Yeah, definitely, definitely want to have some good news. And obviously, as you said there, um, I thought it with all the people uh, affected at the moment by the floods and all the people overseas and uh, any conflicts that are happening around the world. We know we've got a lot of Carpool Rugby League fans in all corners of the globe and we just hope that everyone is uh, safe and sound at the moment, no matter where you are. Um, but yeah, we've, we've, we've had all the trials. The trials are done now. Um, we're starting to head towards the season good and proper, as I said. We're going to continue our 2022 previews. Uh, tonight with Manly, South, Penrith and the Storm. Uh, there's some big guns there in that lineup, so stay tuned with that. Uh, we'll also have a bit of a chat about some of the bigger issues in uh, rugby league, as well as uh, we know the NRLW is happening at the moment. But as we always do, we want to start off on a uh, positive note. So uh, I'll be interested to see what grabbed your eye this week, Griffo. What you got for us, mate? Yeah, look, uh, out of the uh, the Charity Shield game, um, which I, I saw most of that game, um, very entertaining. Uh, but there was one uh, one player who did something that I thought was was quite stunning. Really, that was Zach Lomax. Um, he was uh, not far from the Rabbit Holes line, maybe. 15, 20 meters. He uh, he sort of stepped up the right foot, stepped up the left foot, went straight past Alex Johnston, went through a gap where the two players sort of looked at him. Uh, I think Cody Walker was one of them. Went through that gap and he did a flick pass out to his winger who went over to score him in what was one of the great moves uh, of, a, of any player. Uh, rugby league player over the last few years. I thought what Lomax did was, was absolutely brilliant. And um, in, in what was a very uh, good game of rugby league and a, and a happy day for the Dragons. And uh, it's got some pundits saying they're going to make the eight. But um, Zach Lomax, outstanding. Yeah, and it was one of those games too, Griffo, where um, it was the youngsters that people were a bit unsure about with the Dragons and some of the reasons that people have been putting them in that bottom four wooden spoon contention talk. They were the ones that really stood up. I mean, you know, you talked about 
You talked about Lomax. Um, he was, I thought he was great. And yeah, I actually thought even, you know, some of the young outside backs, uh, I think, yeah, they've got plenty of young players to watch. Sloan's another oh, one yeah. that comes to mind. Some real yeah, talent Sloan, there. Amon. Yeah, oh, Amon, yeah. I thought he did really well too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, there's there's talent in that squad. Um, but to be fair, there's talent in every uh, one of the 16 <laughs> squads. Like, yeah, that's right. They're all... <laughs> um, you know, they've all got the same salary cap. So you'd think they've got to have some talent, but um, Dragons fans would have been heartened by what they saw. Um, if they can get it right, they're going to, they are going to prove, you know, quite a good side. Like um, Suli, I think, is making it a difference. Um, mm. Yeah, there's, there's talent there in the back line, especially. Um, most of the older guys seem to be in the forwards, but uh, if their forwards can uh, can hold their own, they've certainly got try scoring potential right right from one through to seven. With you know what what we'll probably line up as Tyrell Sloan, Cody Ramsey, Moses Suli, Zach Lomax, Ravalawa, Amone, and uh, and Ben Hunt. That's a that's a good quality attacking backline. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, defensively, well, we'll see how they go there, but they can I think they'll be able to score some tries. Mm, they could end up being one of those teams where, you know, they might win games 28-24. I see them being one of those uh, teams this season that can score plenty of points, even though Certainly. they link a few. Uh, leak a few, I should say. One of those blokes you did mention there was uh, Ben Hunt. I thought that um, as a leader in the team, he had a really good game the other night, and when you look at that back line, I mean, obviously, Suli's got some uh, experience there, but it, it is quite an inexperienced uh, back line. So Ben Hunt would, will definitely have a leadership role there, wouldn't he, Griffo? Oh, look, I've been really impressed with Ben Hunt over the last year or so. Um, unfortunately, injury ended his season prematurely last year. Um, but I know he's on a lot of money, and he's been always under pressure, but... I really think he's, he is one of the highest quality NRL players we've got around. And, and I do think if there was an Australian side picked, he'd probably be the 14 mm. because he can cover so many. Um, you know, he's, he's equally adept at whether it's seven or, or nine. But I think he's, uh, he's absolutely the most crucial player for that uh, St. George Illawarra side. And mm, speaking of number fourteen, we may even see this uh, this year. Just talking about uh, backs in the Dragons team, Moses and Bayer might even play a bit of a role as a fourteen, depending on who you are. So there, uh, there's some of the I questions. Don't, I don't see a spot for him, Graham. Yeah, it's, it, it, I, I, I'm not sure that um, you know it's the way to go, but a lot of experts have been talking about their predicted teams, and a lot of them have him as the number fourteen. So. Uh, yeah, just be interested to see how they how they go there, especially once they've got um, you know Josh McGuire back, and um, you know you've got Fumiano to come back into this side uh, from that suspension that we talked about last week. So a lot of questions to be answered around the Dragons team, but positive signs nonetheless. Just while we're talking about the um, the Charity Shield there, Griffo, it brings up um, one of the other points that uh, many people have been talking about this week, and a lot of the feedback we've been getting is that the, the top teams from last year, um, the, both grand finalists from last year, whilst we know it's, uh, you know, they're only trials, 
but we saw losses to both South Sydney and uh, the Penrith Panthers last week. Uh, we know that Penrith were down on troops in their match. Um, South, I think they're still finding their legs. They only had they had a couple of key players out, uh, not as many as Penrith. But um, just touching on that Penrith game, I know you would have watched it closely. Down on troops, however, a lot of credit has to go to Parramatta, and I think the Parramatta fans will also be very excited about what they saw on the weekend. Look, the only thing wrong with Parramatta's performance, Graham, was that they didn't get two NRL points for it. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's a few weeks too early. <laughs> they were outstanding. Yeah. I can't praise them highly enough. You know, I thought I thought they were absolutely brilliant in both attack and defence. Um, they completely outplayed the Panthers. Um, yes, as you mentioned, Penrith were missing a lot of key players. Um, but that's not Parramatta's fault. You can only play what's in front of you. And the reality is... If that can, they can play that style of football, it don't matter who they come up against. They're, they're going to be one of the top sides. Yeah. Um, but as I said, the only thing wrong with it was from a Parramatta perspective is they don't take two points uh, out of it. Um, what they will take is, is an absolute chuckload of confidence. But we've seen early in the season Parramatta be at their best. Um, the challenge for them is, is to take it right through to September and uh, the first weekend in October mm. um, rather than, you know, you know, that game was in February. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, I can't, I can't speak highly enough of what they did. Both attack, they were dynamic in attack and they were absolutely uh, relentless in defence. Penrith, did not score a point. Mm. And um, is that know, a concern? Talk, is that a concern? You know, we'll it's a talk, we're, we're going to cover Penrith later, so we might, yeah. might just leave it till then. But uh, a slight concern. But yeah, mm. I'll, I'll talk more about that when we do uh, the preview for the Panthers a bit later on. Yeah, and and look, a couple of other results of note. I know most people have been following these quite closely because they are on TV. Um, Another thing I noticed on the weekend, just I, I, we've talked about the weather and this rain, and I know that um, there are many parts of the the uh, the east coast that are really uh, struggling with uh, rain and floods at the moment. And um, if you're not in this part of the the country, um, you would have seen just how heavy some of the rainfall has been uh, at Gosford the other night for the Seagulls Raiders game, as well as the Roosters and Tigers. Um, that was an interesting game. We know the Roosters, yeah, again, down on troops. But the Tigers fans have been been telling me all week that they got a win over the Roosters. Um, the Probably the talking point coming out of that one, Griffo, um, James Tarmow looking at uh, missing some time. Um, yeah, all of a week, I, I believe he got. Yeah, one week. Yeah. And, and this is interesting, too, because I wanted to have a bit of a chat about this. Um, yeah, because we, we've seen the NRL come down quite heavily on players in the trials. Uh, Toro Fumiano, uh, one of those players. But this week we've seen them, they, they went a bit lighter. Tamo looking at one week. Um, I'll talk about one of the other incidences later on in my segment. But um, it seems to be that they were in a very giving mood this week, the NRL. Uh, one week for 
Fatamo. And then also we have what uh, might become the Latrell Mitchell rule. Uh, we've got um, a couple of players that are going to come back early as well due to their possible selection in the uh, in the All Star game. Yes. Uh, I think it is the, the biggest issue in the game right at the moment. The, the whole judiciary slash review committee slash uh, the CEO weighs in. It's just, uh, it's a debacle. Mm. Um, it really is. Uh, I mean, I, we did talk about it last week, but, but it, it just got worse. Yeah. We, you know, we saw two players who were suspended um, to miss the round one game, Brandon Smith and uh, Reese Walsh. Well, Mr. Abdul stepped in and said, well, actually, they can have, uh, they can, the Indigenous All-Stars game can count and uh, so Brandon Smith, he's copying nothing in terms of NRL games for for his white powder episode. Yeah. So you know, maybe it was just a bit of talcum powder after all. Um, Reese Walsh admitted to uh, the use of some illegal uh, drugs. I think it was cocaine. I'm not. I don't want to be faulted on that, but I think it was a top two week ban, I believe. Well, now it's only a one week ban. I don't understand it. Uh, I just don't. Um, I, I, apparently, Ricky Stewart's not happy. Uh, I don't know if you heard about what Ricky had to say. Um, you, did, did you hear about? Ricky? No, I haven't heard his comments. No. No. Well. Apparently, he, he, he said that uh, that his Canberra Raiders were copping it up the, uh, let's call it rear end, um, over what's happened. And, and his gripe was that these guys got off. Yeah. But the Jordan Rapiner yeah. actually copped a, a two-game suspension. Yeah. Now, I've got to say, Ricky, um, Jordan Rapiner... He uh, he's serving his ban concurrently with his drink driving. So yeah, I don't didn't think mention they, that. No, he might, you know. So I'm not quite sure there. I've, I'm not experienced what Ricky's talked about, so I don't know really. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like the extent of that, but uh, but it, it just it just it's all farcical. Yeah, and and look, it continued. Really, the, the, the judiciary, it, it continued this farcical approach throughout the weekend. And I might as well play the music because the judiciary, again, uh, in combination with uh, one of the new Bulldogs, are going to get Graham's gaff for this week. All right, so I believe that's the music that now um, plays. That's the ring on the um, on the phone when you call up the NRL when they put you on hold. That music plays. 
there's there's just so much to talk about here. I don't want to sound like we're just being negative and having a bash. And I know my my um my segment's usually a bit more lighthearted, but really. When I saw Tavita Pengai Jr. the other day and the incident that he was involved in, uh, straight away I, I said, oh, this is madness. He's new to the club. Canterbury need all troops on deck. Um, he's he started the niggle. He's, he's throwing a bit of a punch. That was my gaff. As soon as I said, he's getting suspended. There's my gaff. So Tavita Pengai Jr. officially gets my gaff. To make this an even bigger gaff, I've read today that he has actually escaped a ban. So, really, we're getting to this, what we're going to call the big issue here, Griffo. As you said before, he's escaped the ban. Others have not been so lucky. What I'm taking out of this here is that there's this inconsistency we've talked about. But also, too, we haven't had any club football that are worth any points yet. And we are talking about the judiciary. It's not even round one. And we are talking about the judiciary. We are talking about the inconsistency. You've called it. The big issue in the game is the judiciary. But I'm going to add a layer to that. I think that having the televised trial matches, whilst it has been great to see the the footy on the TV in February, it's actually added this layer. We're seeing more. These incidents are occurring. They're getting picked up. There's a video referee at every trial, and we're seeing more players put on report. How, how big of an issue do you think this is at the moment with the with the judiciary, and also the the impact of the inconsistency and the televised um, trial matches? Yeah, I've got a big issue here at the moment, and then I can hardly hear because of the rain. I'm just going <laughs> to move again. Sorry. Um, it's actually really coming down. I mean, I'm, I'm undercover, but uh, the cover's quite loud. I don't know if it's coming through or not. It's uh, not actually coming through. Okay, so. okay. But I, I find it hard to hear you. So um, <laughs> so the big issue, uh, the big issue is, yeah, as you said, I guess the fact that the, the games have been televised, that's a great thing. Great thing for, for fans like us. But some. Um, yeah, but uh, what went on there in that game was, was quite strange, really, from a, from a guy who's at a new club. And I just don't know what he was trying to achieve. Um, how he got off without being suspended is 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 hard to hard to believe at all. But um, you know, there he goes. So where's the uh, disincentive for that sort of behaviour? I mean, we have to be told about three times to leave the field. Yeah. Now. Yeah, it was worth ten in the bin, but not a suspension. This is. Yeah, it's, it's hard. It's hard to to fathom, really. It is. Um, yeah, whether that's a sign of things to come for, for that club and that player, I don't know. Because um, he's such a talent, and he's he's shown over the past couple of years, whether it be at you know even Penrith and uh, the Broncos, he's such an asset, and 
the last thing you want is this is this rubbish in the game and even in his game. As a if you're a Canterbury fan, you're looking forward to a big season. Uh, it's it's not going to help him. No, um, I th- I thought he was really good at, at the Panthers in the five or six games he played. Yeah, um, he certainly played with aggression, but it was controlled aggression. Yeah. Um. Now, whether you know, uh, uh, it's hard to it's hard to understand because he would have known in himself that he was really playing good football. Um, but yeah, he's gone to a, a new club and and uh, and we're seeing that sort of thing. And and that was that was probably his biggest uh, problem at the Broncos as well was was being able to control that aggression. Um, so he's a big, he's a big off-season signing, um, and I look, I think he will be good for him, but he's got to be on the field. Yeah, and he, and he is on the field. There, there's the, there's the, the irony of it that what he did, it's just we can't understand why why he didn't at least cop a week. I mean, mm. probably maybe a couple to be honest, but. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's just hard to understand. So we keep coming back to this big issue. We've said the word big issue a million times here. We're almost coining a phrase, and it could be a new segment, Griffo. But um, well, how- yeah, I'm almost I'm almost ready, Graham, to put on a on a yellow and red vest and uh, get down <laughs> to the city because I, I your favourite have- independent segment. <laughs> I'm ready to, you know, the back page of that newspaper that goes out, and, and uh, it's it's got to have this this on it. Well, how it's, about it's, let's do our part, Griffo? Let's do it every week. We will tackle a big issue in rugby league, but there's one thing about presenting a big issue to the listeners, and that's you know, obviously we 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 highlight the issue. I'm happy to do that, but these big issues need solutions. Um, they do. What do you do here? Well, <laughs> how long you got? He's just throwing his vest off. It's look, but as you said, the main issue is: does the main issue come back to the the inconsistency? Well, I was just about to say the solution is consistency. You know, um, where does it come from, though? When you got different people uh, making different decisions, you know, you got the uh, match review committee, you've got the judiciary, you've got the appeals people, and and Mr. Abdul came in, and, and um, he was the one that, that granted uh, Brandon Smith and, and Reese Walsh mm. a week, you know, deducted a week. So uh, there's no there's no central, you know, even if it was the same the same panel, even even during games where they put people on report, that that means something in the context of the game, I suppose, with interchanges and that. In the big yeah. picture, you know, if we're looking at the big issue here, it doesn't always mean something. Sometimes they get charged, sometimes they don't. It's, I don't know. It's almost like you need just a... I know they've got a committee and they've got a judiciary, but even that, you've got the match review committee, you've got a group of people that look at it, and you might be having different people look at it. Then it goes different on to the judiciary. Yeah. It's different people again. You almost need to have some consistency in who's looking at it so that the same decisions are being made along the way. There's got to be some consistency there. 
I think we've been talking for years about revamping the way they do the judiciary, but I think if we're going to take the current system, it needs to be simplified in a sense of where you have a couple of people and that's their job just to look at incidents and they are then making the same decisions. Whether they get it right or wrong, at least you'll get consistency because if it's two weeks, one week, at least in three weeks, if the same thing happens, it'll be two weeks again. Yeah. I think that's, even if it's, you know, if the if you're not happy with the penalty, even as long as it's consistent for everyone, yeah. I, I could I could deal with that. Yeah, you're, yeah, I agree. Um, perhaps the match review committee and those on the judiciary panel need to get together and not out just what's what, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, we spend so much time talking about it. And mm. It's just, it's boring. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, <laughs> but it's crucial at the it same is. time. It's a big you know? part of the game. It is a big part of the game. And look, we don't want to bore the listeners, Griffo. And we know that um, the fans of Manly, South, Penrith and the Storm, they've been hanging out for our um, previews for a number of weeks now. They've been very patient. Um, we have a lot of, um, we have a lot of fans actually for the four teams we're going to, to cover today. Uh, the first of those teams is the Manly Seagulls. Now, last year we know they did eventually get into the top four. It was an interesting season. I remember at the start, um, I mean, I suggested they were in the top eight and a lot of people thought I was mad. They, um, they, right. finished, they finished in fourth position. They were ahead of the Roosters. They ended up with 16 wins. Eight losses. Uh, this year, they're um, they're looking to be in that next level. They're for, for Manly, you'd think they'd be hoping for another top four finish, uh, and you know push for a premiership. In regards to the personnel, um, Ethan Bullimore has been added to their squad. Uh, just in news today that we haven't touched on. Um, I think it's been made official that Dylan Walker next year for 2023 will go to the Warriors. But other than that, the um, the, the squad is is um, is fairly stable. Some key losses we mentioned: Suli and Gajeski going to the Dragons. They played in the Charity Shield on the weekend. I've actually seen um, a bit of footy from Cade Cust whenever I get up early and watch the, the Super League. He's playing for Wigan. Uh, Curtis Sirenen went to St Helens. Um, and Furna's gone to, to Rugby Union. So, more losses than gains. Uh, but um, I know that the Manly fans, despite uh, their trial form, when they when they look at their team, they're excited because there's still a lot of strike power, and um, a lot of fans are telling me that they're very excited, Griffo, and uh, looking for another top four finish. Yeah, I think anything less than a top four finish is is not good um i remember when we were looking at the draws manly had quite a favorable draw uh compared with the other uh, top teams um you mentioned that they were maybe slightly more leaving uh brookvale than than heading that way mm. but i don't see it as a problem because there's a lot of young guys who are coming through and Manly, you know, I'm well aware of that much more than what I was uh, last year when I was qu- quite critical of them uh, early in the season. Um, I didn't realise they had 
you know, a, quite a solid group of highly talented youngsters coming through. Um, both uh, in the forward pack with guys like uh, Ola Kuwatu. Mm. Um, I knew about Schuster. Um, uh, Sipley was another guy, I think. But there's a few there. Um, they, they look good uh, on paper. Um, their back line is, I think, might be different by the end of the year to what it is it's probably going to be at the start of the year. I mean, obviously, Tom Turbo, he's a lock-in. Um, Saab on one wing and Garrick on the other. Hmm. Um, I think where we might see some movement perhaps is in the centres, Parker and, and Morgan Harper. Um, both had really good years last year overall. I thought in particular Morgan Harper uh, got found out in the big games. Um, and uh, Brad Park is quite solid. Um, but I think Harper might come under some pressure. I think there's a guy, young guy, Cooler, I think. Um, uh, he's a, he's a, out of the, uh, the GPS as well, I think, those GPS schools. And he's a... Uh, apparently he's quicker than Jason Saab. I don't know if you've seen him at all, Graham. But uh, no, yeah, he, he's had a bit of. Uh, he's been in the trials and, and a lot of talk about him. Um, so if we see uh, if we see Cooler come through, um, uh, the Manly fans might feel their team is even cooler than what it is right now. <laughs> um, but uh, he's one to look for. Um, you've got. Foran and Sherry Evans, who, who were very good last year, um, they'll we, you know I expect they'll see out the season. Um, the pressure might come, and if there's an injury there, you've got the option of Josh Schuster. Um, he came into the side originally as a five eight, but um, but he's a very very talented uh, second rower. Um, He's out for the first uh, few weeks or so uh, with an ankle injury. I don't know if it's Cindy, but um, he's out for a while. Ola Kowatu also misses the first game, but he's a really mm. good player. Um, and I'm quite happy that he's not going to be at, uh, at Blue Bet Stadium on the field. I'm sure he'll be there watching, but, uh, but he's going to be out of that game. Um, yeah, I, I, I like the look of this team. Um, at this time last year, I didn't really like the look at him. I did say that, you know, um, if anything happens to Turbo, then, you know, their, their, uh, their season's over. And, and we saw in the first four weeks, they were absolutely diabolical. Um, but then they, they managed to get a win in round five without Tommy. And then once Tommy came back, they just went on that massive run where they were they were not just winning games they were absolutely obliterating most of their opposition until they came up against the very top sides and um, you know last year we we did hear ryan girdler come out and call them flat track bullies mm. and there, there was nothing at all to dispel he caught a lot of criticism for it but he was proven right for for 2021 um, they were able to beat the poor teams by 30 or 40. But we saw when they came up against the strong sides, 
um, who who had all the you know basically the best teams like the Rabbit Tools absolutely smashed them in the semi-finals, and I think uh, I think the Melbourne Storm in the first week did the same thing. They had a huge win over the the Roosters, who were severely depleted. Um, they didn't record wins over Penrith or the Rabbitohs or the Storm. Um, so for all the, the, the massive point scoring that they did last year, um, it counted for little when it, uh, when it come to September. Um, I think they're going to be stronger this year. And I think that fire is going to burn for them, so, you know, because of what did happen that, you know, they, they sort of, they did not beat the strong sides. And I think they're going to absolutely throw everything against Penrith next week and try and dispel that theory that they are flat track bullies by, uh, by taking the biggest scalp of all uh, that of the premiers. Uh, I think Manly are a shoe in for the top four. Mm. Um, and, and I think, you know, once you get to that, um, that to September games, um, we'll see what happens. But uh, to me, they look really good. Yeah. And, and as you mentioned, um, you know, they've got the youngster and cooler coming through. And as you said, he's, he's a speed demon. That's what they're telling us, that uh, he's got a, a lot of speed to burn. So the pressure there on the centres. Another player who's played a lot of centres uh, in his earlier career, but found himself at home uh, more so in the utility role for them was Dylan Walker. I mentioned this will be his last season at the club. Um, he also played a very important part in this side last year, uh, coming off the bench. I think that adds another dimension to them. And also, um, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts, Griffo, on um, Ethan Bullimore and, and how he uh, improves their depth in the forwards as well. Yeah, look, Walker had his best season in a long time last year. Um, he's an enigmatic character, both on and off the field. But I thought last year he was really good for him in that 14 role. Um, I think early in the season he was he was playing fullback and, and, and just wasn't working. But um, but he was quite dynamic at times. Um, he can be his own worst enemy. Um, but uh, yeah, he'll be he'll be given absolutely everything this year because I think he's a much better chance of winning a a premiership with the Sea Eagles and what he is with the Warriors when he goes over there. So I think uh, he's going to be good for him. I like Bullymore. He's a really strong runner of the football. Mm. And um, I Still don't think... Still only young too. I think yeah, he's about 22. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. He's, oh, wow. uh, he's not the biggest guy, but he's, you know, big enough and uh, he runs hard. Yeah. Um, so with, with, uh, with the quality of ball that he'll get off guys like you know four and sherry evans um josh schuster out there with the ball skills as well um i, I think uh, yeah he's going to be a big asset to this team and uh, given that uh, a few of the guys are, are injured i think he's most likely to start come come round yeah. one in the, in the second row there yep yeah that, that is definitely very very likely for, for Manly over the past few years, I think the key for them, uh, we also, we've always talked about them keeping their key players on the field. Um, 
probably two of the most key players in this squad are the brothers, Tom and Jake Trebojevic. Uh, this year, if they can keep the Trebojevic brothers on the field, if their core players are fit, um, that's going to help them go a long way to, to being successful in this, uh, this premiership. But also, too, Griffo, I think that's very, what's very important for Manly, and we saw it last year, is the start to the season. They had a terrible start to the season. Um, a lot of us were riding them, them off about a month into the um, competition. I did. Yeah, and you know, and I just stuck with them because I didn't want to look like... Because you knew something. You knew <laughs> yeah, something. Yeah, sure I did, yeah. yeah. Um, look, we're definitely going to know something by about round three because uh, you mentioned they played Penrith in week one. They play the Roosters in week two. I'm pretty sure that by the time they go into that Bulldogs game in round three, we're going to get a fair indication as to whether or not they're the real deal. Oh, they're the real deal. They're the real deal. They could lose those two games and still make the top four. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'm really uh, a bit apprehensive about coming up against the Seagulls in round one. But... Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough game, but, uh, you know, it's only uh, just over a week away now. Um, yeah. I think I think it's important for Manly that win, lose or draw, they're competitive, that, that we don't see a repeat of what we saw against the Storm and the Rabbitohs in the semifinals where they got lapped. Um and I don't, I don't think they will be, uh, you know, I don't think they will be. Um, but yeah, if, if that did happen in both those games, then, you know, uh, not just a matter of people coming out and, and saying stuff, but it's going to, it's going to be uh, a crisis of confidence, I think for the team themselves, but I, I don't, I can't see that happening. Yeah, I yeah. think they're going to be very competitive in both those games, um, and as I said, they could be zero and two, but I would not be writing them off. Um, even if they did get lapped, and and they they won't, they will still beat the ordinary sides, and they'll yeah. they'll um, they'll be up there. And I, as I said, they got a softer draw. And I think they're top four, top four, and they're a chance of winning it if if everyone's on deck. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair call too. One other thing that um, you know we've brought up a fair bit on the the podcast is something that I really believe in is the the importance of the number nine. Manly is one of those sides where um, talking to a few punters through the week, they've they've pointed out to me. They said, look. The depth in their spine may not be what it was last year uh, with Kate Cust leaving. Um, one Manly fan I've talked to was a bit concerned. He said, look, if we have a few injuries in the halves, we could be cooked. And I've had other fans um, say to me, look, Lachlan Croker did a good job last year, but he's not at the level of a Coruscant or, you know, a Smith, some of these these top hookers. How, how much do you read into that, the, the depth issue in the spine and obviously uh, their number nine? Whilst very solid and great player, he's not one of those big names that we are... Uh, we here. Is this the breakout season where he becomes one of those big names and joins that lot? I thought he did last year. Uh, he's never going to be a, a Cameron Smith or an Arpi Corisal or a Damian Cook. Mm. He's not of that class. But what he is, is pretty good. Um, 
you look back a couple of years and I didn't, you know, he was a makeshift hooker. Um, but I really, uh, I thought he was really good last year. And, and I think when the one or two games where he wasn't there really showed. Um, so I think he's a bit of an unsung uh, hero for this team. No, he's, he's not a class number nine. But I think he's, uh, he's good enough. He does his job. And I think they've got enough creative players that they don't need a creative number nine to be successful. Um, whereas some enough, of it... Enough strike elsewhere, I think. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's the thing. The you, know, it, you, you could have the, you know, you have the most creative uh, hooker there, but if his job is just to get the ball to players who are even more creative, then that's his job. Yeah. Um, yep. It's not like they're lacking creativity. Um you know, unlike, you know, say like when we saw the Raiders a few years ago when Hodgson was playing basically as the most creative player in the team. Manley, I'm not that side. Um, they've got plenty of guys who can do do that sort of role with, with Cherry Evans, Foreign, as I mentioned, Schuster, Tommy Turbo. There's plenty of guys out there. Jake Trebojevic got ball play in him as well. So, um if he didn't have all those other guys, then then it would be an issue. But I, I just think his job is is to uh, to get the ball to to those guys quickly and get clean ball, uh, be strong in defence, and and I think he does that. Yep, yep. No, definitely. I, I agree with you in the sense that they're a top four team. Um, I think they'd have to have a really good run into the finals and a cracker of a final season to push for the um, the premiership. Uh, as I said last week, I think that um, sides like the Roosters, and we're going to talk about the Storm and Penrith a little later on. But for me, they're um, they're they're definitely in the top four again. And uh, look, it's the type of competition where if you come in the top four, uh, you're definitely a chance of winning this competition. So um, if you're thinking about contenders for the premiership this year, uh, I I definitely consider having Manly on that list. Definitely, absolutely. All right, next team we are going to talk about are the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, as we know, last year the Rabbitohs went down by two points in the grand final to the Penrith Panthers. And uh, there's been a lot of talk in the offseason um, about the players leaving the club more so than the players coming into the club. Uh, Adam Reynolds has been the main talk and uh, he's off to, to Brisbane and uh, South Sydney are looking to, to fill that void. It looks like Lachlan Ilias will be the player to do so. Um, but I just want to go through another couple of the losses, Griffo, because one loss that I think hasn't been made, um, I suppose, a big enough deal of until they started playing this year and it was evident that South's shorter centre was Dane Gagai. Uh, we also, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Jaden Sewers also left um, and Tau Tau Moga. They've both gone to St. George Illawarra. Uh, young Josh Cook and Braden Burns uh, off to Canterbury. Patrick Mago, uh, he's playing Super League at the moment in Wigan, and he's actually doing a great job there as well. Um, and we know Benji Marshall's retired. In regards to the gains, uh, some of you might be looking at your list of gains and seeing Anthony Milford. We uh, we know that he won't be at South Sydney this year. Um, there were some issues off the field, and whilst we're hearing that uh, he has been cleared, uh, his contract with the Rabbitohs um, will, will not materialise. It looks like he may even end up at the 
the Knights from what I'm hearing, so we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, but uh, from Brisbane, they've also got young Isaiah Tass coming over, Cheekham from the Tigers, and Havili from Canberra. Um, the big talk here, Griffo, as I said, uh, the, the key positional changes that South Sydney have to make due to losing um, key personnel, the number one would have to be Adam Reynolds, but also, too, we're seeing some concerns uh, in the centres with uh, Dane Gagai leaving a very big hole, two quality players leaving the club. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ilias is a... And you know a lot more about him than I do, but from what I've seen, what I've heard, he's a similar type of player to Adam Reynolds in that he's an organising half rather than a a running uh, half. And that that suits Cody Walker. So I, I think while, you know, they lose the experience of Adam Reynolds, it's sort of a like-for-like replacement, um, which which I don't think is, is, is a bad thing. But I, I do have concerns about their outside backs. Yeah. Um, their most dangerous player, obviously, is Latrell Mitchell. And he loves to play in the number one jersey. And that's probably where he's at his best. Um, but in saying that, Blake Taff is a very accomplished number one. And we saw that when he came in for Latrell. And he, he played in, in the biggest games of the season. And he acquitted himself quite well. I would be very tempted to leave him at number one and put Latrell back in the centres mm, yeah. um, where he does play for New South Wales. And he was, you know, absolutely unstoppable, really, last year in the origin. Mm. Um, that, that I think, makes that, that back line look a lot more... Oh, absolutely. A lot, there's a lot more strike power. I look at the back line that they've... That a lot of the um, the news outlets are predicting for round one. Now I know obviously Latrell Mitchell isn't a part of this team. He'll be back in round two, but from what we're hearing out of the club is that Jackson Paulo will get the first shot in the centres, which would mean that Josh Mansour would come back in and play on the wing for South Sydney. And I know, as you said there, um, look rather than Taff being out, Latrell Mitchell, so on and so forth. Paulo to the wing and Latrell in the centres has has a bit more strike to it. Um, not so. not sure how much of the charity shield you saw on the weekend, but uh, sure, a fair bit. Not all of it, but most of it. Yeah, it's sore enough. I think I think there's still a lot of question marks over uh, Jackson Paulo moving into the centres, and I think that the question marks over the past few years that fans have had over Josh Mansour are valid, given um some of the defensive decisions made on the weekend. Every team that Souths play want them to have Jackson Paulo in the centres and Josh Mansour on the wing. Yeah. Um, and you know the kicks are going that way too. To, to kicks Mansour. are going that way. They struggled in the past. The Dragons did uh, create all sorts of havoc out wide. Um, I don't think this team can be successful if those two guys 
uh, playing in those two positions. Mm. Now, that's just my opinion. I think Josh Mansour has had a, a very, very good career. He's represented his country. He's represented his state. He's been the Dalian winger of the year. And in, at, at his best, was, was considered one of the best wingers in the game, and rightly so. Um, but he's not there now. And, uh, and that's, you know, I, I, while I don't know him personally, and you do, he's, he just comes across as being the world's best guy. Um, but unfortunately, I just I think his best days on the field uh, are well behind him. Yeah, he's never been the same player since, and it's one hundred percent understandable since he had his face smashed. Yeah, um, he just has never been the same player, and uh, particularly in defence and under the high ball, he's just a target. Um, and and we saw, you know, his 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 old team, the Panthers, absolutely bombard him uh, in the games where he played against them. I know in one of the games he scored a really good try. Um, it might have been the game up at uh, double, but the one that he scored, you know, he probably let in quite a few more. Um, and it, it's sort of sad. It, like it's sad to see a guy who you've got a lot of respect for and who's been, you know, at the, the pinnacle of, the, of, of, of wingers, but he's, he's just not that player anymore. And, um, you know, Penrith let him go a year early. Um, he was on quite decent cash. Um, South signed him for two years. I just, I don't think South's best 17 has him in the team. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. Yeah, there's there's a few players that are that are there uh, that have also been talked about as options. Um, Tane Milne's playing to played a fair bit of football. Um, then if you're looking at young players coming through, uh, obviously you know you get to be tested at the top level. There's a bit of talk about Isaiah Tass, as I said, coming over from Brisbane. Um, even uh, Zane Bajorak is another player. Who's uh, who played on the wing, uh, in some of the in the in the first trial game, so look, I, I think this is going to be one of those situations at South Griffo. Um, feels like a couple of rounds in, if they haven't won uh, as many games as they would like to have, we might start to see those changes that uh, that we are calling for because the rest of the um the rest of the squad, as we know from being last year's grand finalists. It's very strong. We know that Cody Walker is one of the best runners of the ball. Um, the forward pack, they've still got Mark Nichols this year. He's not going to the Dolphins until next year. Uh, Cook is one of the best hookers in the game. Um, their back row, I think, is matches it with any back row in the NRL. Yeah. Uh, it's, not it's not bettered by anyone else. It's at least the equal. Yeah, Kalamatangi, Arrow, and Murray... Um, that that that's really their their strength. I would I would say in this um in, in this team, and I think just on those edges and having Murray through the middle, that uh, that back row is really what they're going to want to be playing off, and where some of the danger will come uh, more so 
um, I suppose around the play of the ball for South. Yeah, when you you know bringing a guy like Tom Burgess off the bench, mm. his talent, you know, um, I think yeah, the best possible seventeen that South they can consistently get them on the park, they're they're going to be right up there again. And there's you know a lot of question marks that people have, you know, the loss of Reynolds. Um, in particular, but Gaga is a massive loss, and and, and also Sewell was very good. Yeah. Um, and then the other, of course, you know, the other big issue for well, not the big issue, but uh, the big <laughs> issue I thought you got uh, the vest back on. Uh, is uh, is the change of, of coach? Yes, um, possibly the biggest loss of all. Well, quite possibly. You're right. Time will tell. Mm. Um, from what I'm, you know, what I've heard, it was was Demetrio who was coming up with most of the the tactical plays and whatnot. Um, he's in the hot seat now, um, but the Rabbitohs are one of these teams as well who um, who are a little bit uh, on the soft side in terms of the draw. So that's going to certainly help out. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I think they're up there. They're going to be challenging for top four. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can't write this team off with the talent that's there. Um, we saw what they did last year without Luttrell. Um, they got all the way to the grand final. Yeah. And, yes, you know, they, they lose, as we said, some of those key men. But uh, Luttrell's almost a new player in the side. Um as far as you know, they, they they did very well in the semi-final series without him. So you throw that sort of firepower in, and um, you're going to have to score quite a few points to beat South Sydney. Yeah, yeah. I'll be honest with you, Griffo. I see them being the team that slips out of the top four for the Roosters to slide in this year. Um, I think they're the, the the. I think they'll push for a top four, but if I was Putting together my season predictions this week, which I'm not, we're doing that next week. Um, I'd have them at fifth at the moment. I, I, I just there's too many unanswered questions for me and too many concerns over their outside backs. As I said, my concern is that they'll go with Paulo in the centres and Mansour on the wing. It won't work for them, and by about round five or six, Latrell might end up in the centres with uh, Taff at fullback. Uh, because really, there's there's so many questions. Because when the troll comes back, what where does Taft go? Uh, there's well, been was, talk. That's what I was just about to ask Graham. I said if you if you do there's... bring you know you bring Latrell in, there's really Taft's not going to occupy a spot from two to five. No, uh, I, I don't know even... if he can slot in the centres. I wouldn't do that. The the talk has been, and I've heard some talk that they're even considering. Either him or Havili playing in that number 14 utility role. I'm not sure that they'll get the most value out of Taff. Um, whilst Latrell might be the best fullback in the team, I, I honestly think to fit all the stars in, Latrell's going to have to play centres. I think that's going to be best for the team, in, in, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, look, definitely don't write South off. They're, they've still got some, some stars there. Um, I think they're, they're one of those teams that we need to come back to at about round six or seven and see how they've gone and how these um, these changes have um, have materialised. But, yeah, with a young halfback, a um, few changes in key positions, uh, it'll, be, it'll be one to watch. So, uh, 
yeah, keep your eye on that one, South Sydney fans. All right, moving from the runners-up to the Premiers, uh, the Penrith Panthers, who um, won the grand final by two points over South Sydney last year. They finished a regular season in second spot, uh, so they'll be the second-last team we talk about. They're another team who uh, probably have more players in the uh, levers column. That, no, they definitely have more in the levers than gains. I, I was being a bit, uh, bit soft there in um, suggesting that. Uh, Burton, Naden, Pengai Jr., all off to Canterbury. Capewell to Brisbane. Momorowski um, leaving the club, going to the Roosters. And Tyro Mays uh, also left the club. Um, don't forget that Coruscant is still with the club this year. He'll be going off to the Tigers in 2023. They welcome Sean O'Sullivan from the Warriors and also from uh, Canterbury, Chris Smith, and Christian Crichton uh, coming back to Penrith. For the Panthers, Griffo, um, some of those names that I mentioned in the, the losses column uh, are going to be big losses. Uh, I've, I've argued since the grand final that, that Matt Burton was almost the best player on the field. Uh, he'll be a big loss. I think Kurt Capewell's another one. Tell me a bit about your thoughts as a Penrith fan just in relation to those few players because even Momorowski was really really good for them last year and in coming into the side. And we talked a bit about Pengai Jr. Talk to me about what the talk is uh, out there at Penrith in regards to uh, some of the players that have left the club. Well, in my opinion, they've, they've certainly, there's, there's been a lot of quality walk out the door. Um, but two players in particular... I see is difficult to replace those being Matt Burton and Kirk Capewell. Um, you mentioned Matt Burton, you know, arguably the best player on the field in the grand final. Um, he's certainly in, uh, if you give him a three, two, one, you think he's scoring something out of that game. Yeah. Um, in all fairness to Cleary, Cleary probably, you know, did oh, deserve yeah. the man of the match. Well, yeah, yeah, I, I, I uh, absolutely. Um, yeah. If you, you know, I've watched the game back, you know, obviously, you know, a bit. Um, and it was, it was Cleary that dominated the game um, through his kicking game. Um, Matt Burton did a lot of good things, both in attack and defence. And, and it wasn't just the grand final, it was all season. Um, he is a massive loss to this team. Uh, in the role that he played, uh, even though, you know, he, he really is a 5'8", who was, who was made into a centre. He was just, well, he was, he was in the Dallium team of the year as a centre. Um, his running game was as good as any centre going around. Um, and he's a big loss. Uh, I was disappointed uh, when he left. But I understood. Um, but I'm so grateful that uh, that Penrith didn't allow him to leave when there was all sorts of calls for him to, to go last year. Um, there was obviously no spot in the six or seven for him with, with Luan Cleary there. Um, but he turned into one of the outstanding centres and, and I, I firmly believe he should be picked uh, if he can maintain his form 
that is that he should be number 14 for the Blues when uh, State of Origin comes around because I think he's a better option than uh, than anyone else, uh, particularly I think Jack White, who, who sort of played that role last year in the first two games. Um, I think Matt Burton has, has gone past him. Um, but, you know, maybe things will change. But anyway, mm. um, Kurt Capewell, one of the best scrambling defenders in, in the NRL, saved a lot of tries last year. Um, experienced state of origin player. Um, yeah, he's a big loss. Um, and he's a big gain for the Broncos. Um, big gain for them. But uh, as far as Penrith goes, um, who's going to replace Matt Burton? Well, it seems it will be Isaac Tago. Yep. And we talked about Tago last year and he got, he got, uh, he got a little bit of taste of first grade. I think he, he was on the bench about five or six times. Um, he's, uh, he's, he looked good uh, a little bit in patches in the trials, certainly ball in hand, and, and he is a good defender. But um, Para caused him a few issues uh, last week. Um, so I certainly think he's the best option to, to take that centre spot. An experience will be good for him. Um, but yeah, he... he one or two times he was a little bit lost um, whether he does he go in does he stay out and um but yeah he's he's got the makings of, of a very good quality first grader um so he's the man there uh as to you know the second row position well i think it's pretty obvious that uh, liam martin and billy armikikau will will be starting second row as um they sort of alternated uh, between who was going to have that bench spot last year. Um, we haven't seen Lillian Martin in the trials at all. Um, Kikau we saw last week and probably didn't have his best game. Um, a few mistakes. But what I will say is that uh, he was very good in the grand final in defence. Um, and, uh, you know, it's his last year in the Panthers' colours. Um, yeah, he uh, he's not as dynamic as he was a few years ago not from his own anything about himself it's just teams have worked him out and uh, it's pretty obvious that if, if someone goes low on him he falls like it's when they go high on him that he that he sort of causes the damage and um, most teams, most teams now go low. So he's on big dollars, and he's, uh, you know, good luck to him. He's he's a high quality player, but he might just have to reduce that um, the mistake rate, ball in hand. Um, another contentious spot is going to be who takes the wing spot. Mm. Um, vacated well you know Stevie Crichton sort of finished the season on the wing and they had Mamorowski in the centres um, it is expected that Crichton will, will go back into the centres 
probably the three contenders for, for that wing spot would be Charlie Staines, Taylor May, and Robert Jennings. Um, Staines has put on a few kilos. Um, I don't know if that's affected his speed or not, but what I did notice in the in the trials, he was playing fullback. Um, he wasn't getting pushed back as much as what I was seeing last year. Still a few times where it did happen, but um, I think that's the big thing. The way Penrith play, the role of those guys at the back is is to make early yardage, and and that's not Charlie Staines's goal. Um, he's not that style of player. He tried as best he could last year, but time and again, he'd just be pushed back. Um, interesting to see whether those few extra kilos um, is going to enable him to be a, a stronger force running the ball back. Um, for mine, I think probably Taylor May, and what I've seen, looks probably the most likely. Um, he might not start the first game, but he came on against Para last week late in the game and, and Penrith had done very little in attack, but Taylor May made a, a, a strong run downfield, nearly led to a try. And I saw the uh, some of the highlights of the reserve grade game and he was doing the same thing. He, he's He's got that power of the Brian Tottle, but he's also quite quick. Um Similar to Toho, he's not very tall. So um, it's certainly, if you've got those two guys on either wing, then um, opposition teams with the big tall wingers like your, your, your two poles and your Jason Saabs, they're just going to go aerial and then they're going to score tries. So a few question marks there. Um, the forward pack pretty much picks itself. It's very strong, but not as strong obviously without Kurt Capewell. Guy who's um, looked good in the in the trials and I think will probably get a spot on the bench is Jermaine Hopgood. Um, really good defender. Again, he's not got a lot of size about him. Um, but he's a, he's a similar sort of player, I guess, to a Liam Martin, to a Scott Sorensen. They're not the biggest guys, but they do go forward with the ball in hand and they do hit hard in defence. Um, you know, Penrith, uh, I, I said right throughout the back end of last season that whatever they did last year, they weren't going to go any better this year. Um, I'll be happy if they go just as well as they did last year. I think they're top four. They do have a tough draw, but, but I think with the depth of talent they've got, um, uh, I think we will see them make the top four. They're going to lose games more so, I think, in the competition proper than what they have in the last few years where they didn't lose many games at all. But I, th I think we'll probably see them lose more games in the regular season, but I still think they're going to be top four and uh, contending again for, for that grand final spot. And uh, yeah, uh, they'll be up there. What do you think, Graham? I uh, definitely think they'll be up there. Uh, it's, it, there's, a, there's a fair bit to talk about here. And look, for the Premiers, we actually have uh, someone jumping on board here. We've got Shane. Oh, just jumped in. hey. Here how are you, how are you mate? He's Going well. Going sorry, well. people. Sorry, listeners. Got a, had a couple of things to do this evening, which is... But that's okay. We're, we're here. We're talking footy. And um, 
I'm listening to you on the Tal Angry fight. I, I'm assuming we're talking about Penrith. Yeah, Penrith season um, preview. Preview for them. Um, you know, I, I often, you know, someone was asking about their performances on the weekend. And I said, it's funny how teams play differently when they're worth two. You know, and both both teams that win and teams that lose, you know, like it's funny. It's like trial matches, people turn up and then all of a sudden they're worth two points and they capitulate. Um, the opposite is, so, I, you know, I, I don't know what to read. I, I don't know what, I don't know what to make out of Penrith preseason form. But anyway, I, I'd rather talk about what, when they're worth two points. Uh, I know he flung to you, Graham, and I've, I've totally nah, stepped in. Have a crack. Um, They've heard enough from me. The only, you know what I find, Griffin, I, I, you may have alluded to it before I jumped on. I really think that um, the dynamics of the Penrith team isn't as defensively sound as it was last year. I, I agree. I, I I honestly, agree. You know, do you agree with that? I, I was really looking at their team and I thought, far out, you know what? Um, you know, their team last year, defensively was sound and then I look at what could be what could be round one I'm not the coach so I don't have the clairvoyance to know who's going to take the field but I just look at it and go you know defensively and I think that's what when you were talking about they're probably going to lose a few more games I think some of those tough games where they were right in it clear his kicking game the fact he turns two into six uh, two into six. Oh, yeah, I wish everyone could do that. Four into six. He does turn two into six sometimes. That's Four into six. And and I think that, you know, like, I think the difference is going to be, I think last year they were down by two and could kick on. They were down by four and they could get it done. You know, if defensively they're down by 10 with the team they're going to put on the field, minus Momorowski, minus Burton, Look, they're a top four team. I'm, I'm not. I'm yeah. not here to play devil's advocate. I'm telling you now, they're a top four team. The, the thing is, I, I think, and I, I don't know if this is what I don't want to paraphrase or, or go with what Griffo said because he is the Panther. Um, but I think that, I think that you know, if there's a chink in their armor, and there's a chink in every team's armor, it's probably that they're not as defensively sound as they were last year. And how do they apply that on the field? You know, does that equate to them having more twenty meter pressure, but holding out the other opposition? Does it mean, on average, they're going to concede four more points a game? I don't know. We've really got to wait. Penrith are one of these teams. I I think are going to be in top four. Whether they're going to win the comp about round ten, I'll let you know, because I I think they've got the nucleus to do it again. It's just is the peripherals around them um, going to support them like they did last year? Is 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 the Momorowski replacement? Is the Burton replacement? Now they're big names, massive names, and you know, are they going to be up to the job, or has Clear? I rate Clear as a coach. I don't care what anyone says. I really do rate him as a coach. Has he manipulated things in such a way? Where the you know the team doesn't need a Momorowski anymore or Burton because they're a different side now. That's what good teams do. They look at who they lost, they cut them, and they move on. And I think um, you know when you're talking about Penrith, they'll cut their losses and move on. 
don't you worry about that. They're, they're in the fall for sure. One of the, one of the things that um, has been a bit of you know, talk is uh, with those losses, the depth now, especially in the back line. Um, first of all, Griffo, I'm assuming, I don't know if you're hearing anything different to us. Everything we're hearing is that Cleary and Edwards are going to be good to go round one. Um, Seems so, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 you know, my concern is, and it's like any team, we can say any team there's a concern with injuries. Um, look, I have a feeling if Edwards was going to be out at all this year, we know he missed a couple of games last year. Uh, I feel like one thing we learned from the trials is that Crichton's got to play fullback. I'm not sure that yeah, Charlie absolutely. Staines yeah. was, the, was the go there. But um, yeah, it just it just raises a few of those questions, especially in a sense that if there are one or two players that are out, and especially when around Origin time, we know this side's going to be impacted. Um, you probably have a um, you know Sean O'Sullivan come in uh, for for Cleary, but I think that's going to be a really tough period for for Penrith Griffo, especially looking at their their team. We know they've always got some really good young players coming through. But as Shano said, last year when, um, you know, there were players missing, uh, we had, you had the Momorowskis coming in. Um, now we've even got people, you know, tossing up who plays on the wing. Is it Staines? Is it uh, Jennings? You know, is it, is it May? Is this a fair question to, to look at their depth, especially in that back line? Uh, absolutely, it is. Um, I, I did comment to someone um, about about Penrith's performance against Parramatta, and I said, you know, okay, yeah, they're missing Fisher, Harris, Cleary, Edwards, uh, Lenu, Liam Mark. There were about six guys out that were in the uh, grand final that are still with Penrith. I said. You know, that would have helped with the attack for sure, having those guys there. But what it wouldn't have made much difference with was the defence out wide, yeah. um, where, where they really got picked apart by the Eels last week. And that was concerning. Um, I wasn't concerned that they lost. Um, I was concerned, however, with some of the ways in which, you know, they just looked all at sea at times in defense out wide. And, and none of those guys that I talked about who didn't play last week will be fitting into those positions. Um, so it is a concern. Um, when you had the likes of Momorowski and, and Matt Burton and, Kurt Capewell also as a wide, uh, you know, forward. They were pretty solid out wide um, in defence. Uh, and, and those questions, they've yet to be answered, whether they can improve in that area. Because as I said, they, whenever the ball went wide, when power went wide, they looked dangerous and, and they scored some long-range tries. Um and, uh, yeah, it's up to, you know, defensive coach Cam Seraldo and head coach Ivan Cleary to, to sort that out. Yeah. Uh, look, th- yeah. But, but given all that, um, 
they're premiership contenders. They're, they're, they're the real deal. They're the defending premiers. We know it's hard to go back-to-back. Um, I suppose another question there is, um, you know, last year what really got them the premiership in the end was that desire. It'll be interesting to see if that desire is there again. Uh, earlier on, Shane, you didn't hear it, but we talked about um, South Sydney, and uh, I, I argued that they have one of the best back rows in the competition. Uh, the back mm-hmm. row of Kikau, Martin, and Yo. That's that's up there with them too. We know you're a massive fan of Isaiah Yo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 think... I mentioned I mentioned possibly weakness and depth in the back line, but that forward pack, which I'd imagine Griffo help me out here if I if I fluff this, I'd imagine they'd probably go Leota, Fisher Harris as the props, Coruscant obviously at nine with Kikau, oh. Martin and Yo. Yeah, I can't see anything different to that. No. Pretty strong. We, no, we I remember one of the very first uh, episodes of this podcast. I I sung Yo's praise. I I said that he would be the walking bar bar a couple of teams. He'd be no, actually I said bar a couple of teams. He'd walk up um, lock. Um, in every team he'd be a walk up start in the forward pack. And you know I got I copped a fair bit of flack for that. And you know, Penrith fans don't remember that one, do they? They remember when I gave it to them against Tigers. No, they don't remember when I said that. Anyway, and and I I mate I I fully stand by what I said then, and it's proof now. He is a premier forward in our competition, and even more importantly, um, even more importantly, Cleary has gotten people around to compliment him. Um, I didn't like what they were doing a couple of years ago where he was a real tackling machine. Um, it gassed him. Um, it meant he was too... It, it basically meant that he was very one-dimensional at times and that Kikau was the running guy. I love what they do now. He, he it, it, Api Corusau has has elevated his game. And, and and look, please chime in if, if you think I'm wrong. He's also think... vaccinated now too. Is he? Yeah, I'll apparently he's uh, had a he's cleared to play all the all the games this year. Apparently he's had a a couple yeah. of jabs at the last minute, so yeah. that's not uh-huh. an issue. Oh, so, that's good so to hear. The mm. thing the thing with um the thing with Coruscant, why he has complimented it is Coruscant has actually probably taken ten to fifteen tackles off him. Which which is which is which is gold when you're a forward. That's 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 more petrol in the tank to run. And I like I look, I agree. I you know, geez, there are a couple of good there are a couple of good, you know, it, it, if you if you're in a lineup and you're the captain, remember that school when you were the captain and you had the I, I, I was never the captain. And I was always picked freaking last anyway. But you know, the captain would pick a team. Imagine if you had Cam Murray and Isaiah to pick from. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. It's gold, you know? Win-win. Win-win. And, and you know, that's the thing. It's I, I think I'm going to be very interested to see if I thought leadership did a lot for Isaiah's performance. I think it elevated his performance. be interesting to see if the same happens with Cam Murray. Yeah. I'm sure it will. Yeah. yeah. I, I look, and, you know, when people talk about him being the New South Wales captain, 
Um, that's massive wraps on a guy. Like that's that's huge. Just before we oh. finish up on Penrith, Griffo, I just want to get your thoughts on um, one of the incidents that did happen in that game. Um, poor young Maverick Geyer. We saw a horrible injury to him, uh, dislocation of the elbow. Um, I'm not going to get your medical opinion on that. I want to get your professional opinion on um, on him as a young player because um, you know there, there were talks that he may have been um, someone who who could be pushing at uh, at some stage this year for, for a spot um, in the Panthers' side, depending on how they go with injuries and where they are required to uh, fill the void with their depth. Okay, I don't know. I did look up to see, you know, how long he's going to be out for, but it didn't actually say. It just said, you know, dislocated elbow. Mm. Um, I don't know whether he had to have an operation or I, I don't know anything about elbows uh, in terms of dislocation. Um, it is very unfortunate for the young man, but it's also unfortunate for the team if he's out for an extended period. Um, he looked dangerous against the Sharks and um, he virtually had no impact on the on the game last week because almost as soon as he went out there, he got injured. So um, he's got a point of difference from from a lot of the other forwards they've got. Like I, I think uh, I think he's a stronger runner than 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 some of the other uh, guys they've got on the bench who who are very good players and strong defenders. Um, I haven't seen enough of him to comment on his defense, but I have seen enough to say that, you know, he's, he's a damaging runner. So, um, I, I'm pretty sure we'll see him in the team. Mm. Um, when he comes back, maybe not straight away. Um, again, it's, I guess it depends on injuries and how the team's going. If the team's winning, it's hard to, to get, get back in there. But, um, Certainly, if you know there's an injury to a, a guy like a you know a, a Sorensen or a Kikau or a Liam Martin or a Jermaine Hopgood, you know he, you think he's next cab off the rank for back rows. So um, he'll be there at some stage. It's just a question of when, um, and uh, and I think he'll he'll be a permanent fixture in the team over you know a number of years, particularly with the exit of, of Billy Armour Kikau. At uh, at the end of the year, another guy they they, they signed from I think it was from Redcliffe um, was uh, uh, Ricky. Um, I don't. I thought he was the brother of the the Ricky from the Broncos, but apparently he's no relation. But he's a similar type of player, quite a big lad who runs hard. So Preston um, Ricky. Preston, that's it. Yeah. Um, I've only I've, I've seen a little bit of footage of, but again, a, a lower quality competition he was playing in, but but he's quite a damaging runner. So um, he's out injured at the moment. I think he's got a hip injury, and it says indefinite. So it'll be interesting to see when he's uh, he's up and fit how how he goes as well, um, because there is a little bit of a sameness to to some of the guys, particularly the bench guys. Um, very solid players, good players, but whether there's enough attacking um, oomph out of those guys, I'm not quite sure if you've got too many of the same sort of player. 
So, uh, you know, when, and again, as I said, Kikau's going at the end of the year, so you'd think the number 11 might be uh, there for Maverick Guy to wear for, for years to come. Yeah, and hopefully um, he's not out too long. From um, from what I'm hearing, they th- there's no fracture of the elbow there. It was just a dislocation, which would suggest with a hyperextension like that, it's just mainly ligament damage. So hopefully for him, if there is no fracture, he's probably looking at closer to sort of, you know, three to six weeks as being a um, okay. potential yeah. time frame. Obviously, uh, I haven't had any reports to say there is a fracture. If there is a fracture, obviously that's longer. But um, yeah, you know, one to two months, you'd imagine would be realistic if it was just the ligament damage there. So hopefully that's the case for him. Yeah. Um, so it sounds as though, fellas, we're all in agreement. Uh, few things to look out for here in the Panthers. Um, depth might be an issue, but overall, super strong team that are a contender yet again. What do you reckon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 All right, the final team we're going to preview in our 2022 season preview, uh, the Melbourne Storm. Now, the Melbourne Storm, we know over the years have always been an absolute juggernaut. Um, I'll talk about some of the players coming in and uh, some of those that are leaving the club. I, I don't know if we've got enough time to go through every player that's leaving because there are some players that we are, you may not have even um, you know, realised we're in the squad. They have lost quite a few players. Uh, the most notable ones I'll, I'll point out, Addo Carter, Canterbury. Finucane and Hines have gone to Cronulla. Um, Aaron Penne off to the Warriors. Um also seen Brenko Lee leaving, Riley Jacks. Um, on my list, I've got uh, Lumi Lumi there has been uh, released. So plenty of players going. There's obviously um, players in the future leaving um, at the end of this season coming, uh, being the Bromwiches and Kafusi and, and Smith, but they're all on board for this year. As two will be um, one of the most exciting young uh, players in the competition joining from Brisbane. I'm talking about Xavier Coates. Nick Meany's also coming over to the club. As two is Jaden Nikarima, Josh King, uh, also players that they have picked up in the offseason. We we know that this team's going to be very strong. Um, Please keep in mind, if you are looking online, everyone, and you're looking at round one predicted lineups, uh, it's going to um, throw you off a little bit because there are some players who will miss the first game of the season, those notably being Munster, Grant and Lewis. As we mentioned before, Brandon Smith will be eligible to play. Um, but looking overall in this side, Shano, there are some very talented players. Uh, one of our favourites on here, uh, the Flying Dutchman at the back. He's going to obviously... Um, continue to bring some spark there, but they've also got the um, the added bonus of having young Xavier Coates come in to fill that void left by Josh Adokar. So plenty of strike uh, and speed in that back line. Yeah, yeah all right. Now, look, that's the thing. Like, if Xavier Coates went to any other team, you wouldn't be 100% sure on his ability. And you wouldn't be 100% sure what he's going to do. You could say it's Xavier Coates. He can do this and he can do that. When you send a player to the storm, it's a different kettle of fish. It's almost like they grab the best of you and elevate it even more. 
And you look at the t- the players that have gone to that team over the years, and even recently, who people have thought they're fringe first graders, and they have played and been an absolute um, mainstay of the team. They have contributed, and they have done a phenomenal job. The only thing I'll say about the Storm, um, the Storm don't have the venom they once have had. They don't have that venomous streak about them. Um, they've lost something in that regard. I, I don't know whether it's it's just a lack of key personnel. I don't know whether it's just, I don't know whether they need an injection of something. I, I'm not too sure. Um, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen is outstanding. They've got an outstanding team. I'm not gonna sit here and say, or talk to you about how they're going to struggle. They're not going to struggle. They're top four. But but I will say this. When I look at the storm, there are there are times when I think, like, okay, take the Penrith game. The storm of old had the venom to put your foot on the throat and absolutely strangle your opposition. Over the years, we've seen it. When they played... Um, you know, they, they won the grand final the year before and, and they did that they did that with a bit more flair than, than Venom, I think. I think I think if I think it's gonna be an interesting year for them. There's a gut feeling look I've got this gut feeling and, and it's a gut feeling. I don't think they're gonna be as potent as they have been. I think they've I think there's just something about them. I think there's other teams like the Roosters who, in my mind, will elevate above the Storm. The Storm will be in the top four. They will be there or thereabouts. My only concern is that they had... I'm not too sure if they've got the Venom. They've got Ford Pack, which is another year older. Wiser, yes, but older. Um, (laughs) Are they going to make the grand final? Mm. I, you know what? I just don't see it happening for them. I, I, there, yeah, I just don't see it. I don't know what it is. I, I was, I was really thinking about them the other day and looking at their side and looking at the personnel. And I said, they're a top four team. Yes. Are they a grand final side? I don't know. Are they a grand final winning team? I, I'm not too sure. I'd never said that before about this team. There's always been something about this team where I go, no, they they will be there. They're going to be hard to beat. They're still going to be difficult. There's just something about there's just something about them where I think I think with some losses they've had. Are you able to pick the brains out of them a bit easier? Um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I, I on paper they're a great team, but play, teams aren't played on paper. They're played in, in real life, and yeah, I, I they're going to be a top four team, but there's this venom they don't have anymore. If they get that venom back, they're in, unstoppable. It's going to take about round five before I commit 
to, yeah, okay, they've got the venom back. They're putting the foot on the throat of every team they're playing. They're, they're going to be unstoppable. By round 10, we're talking about, you know, them being 9-1 and one, maybe and how awesome they are. It's only with that venom getting, it's only with that venom they're going to do that. Without it, I don't see them having the potency they once had. I, not that I'm saying this is the end of an era, they're going to be top four, but it's just, you know how you were scared to play the Storm? I don't know what it is. It's just, even towards the back end of last year, playing the Storm, I didn't see teams having the fear of playing the Storm. It was we turn up and we do our job. Whereas your job wasn't good enough. The year before, the job wasn't good enough. It was, it was, you had to play out of your skin for 80 minutes. And you had, you know what I mean? And yeah, I, I'm, I'm rambling now because I'm just trying to, just trying to find the words to describe the fact that the storm are the storm. I just don't think they've got the venom they once had. I, I think there's the, I think, I think Munster has to really be the linchpin in the side. I think Pappenhausen almost needs to be the keystone. You know, they're two players that have to gel. I think when you look at, um, when you look at the hooking position, five, when you look at the half, the forward pack, everything just has to work. I, yeah, Xavier Coates would be a great player. I, yeah, there's just something about them this year. I, mm, yeah, they're in my top four, but do they have the venom to become my um, premiership winners? They can do it. They just have to show it. I don't think in the back end of last year we saw it. So it's something they're going to have to rekindle and generate because they didn't have it in the back end of the season. Mm, yeah, interesting there, Griffo. It sounds though Shano's... Um, I was almost going to say gone cold. Obviously, they're, they're by storm standards. Got a little bit cold on them there. Um, what are your thoughts this year? Are the losses of Sayer, Fanukan, Hines, um, and an Addo car, have they done enough to cover those positions? No, I don't think so. I don't think they're as strong as they were. I agree. And that's that's another thing that's making me go, mm. But, you know, Shane O's saying they're top four, and I think most people would agree with that. Yeah. Um, you got them top four, Griff? Yeah, probably. But I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. not convinced. Um, See, this is what I'm talking about. Um. See, last year they, they were missing a lot of top-line players and they were still winning because they brought in a guy called Nico Hines yeah, yeah. Who, who was amazing last year. Well, he's not there now. I'm sure they'd love to have him there and be playing him at number six against the Tigers next week. There's Munster out. Um, but I, I actually give the Tigers a chance in round one. Um particularly uh, when Brandon Smith wasn't there. But, of course, we, we talked about the fact that, well, he is there. So it's a big bonus for those for that team to have to have him in there for round one. But... Um, it's still that injury cloud over Pappenhausen, people. Well, that's, that's, also, that's also correct, yeah. Graham. 
And if Papinhausen is out, then Nick Meaney will go back to yes. to one. Cooper Johns would have been the sixth, but he got injured. He's out. He's out so they've got some problems there, um, at least for week one. Um, Kamakamika's also, we'll remind yeah, everyone, the police yeah. charges there, so don't expect to see him anytime no, soon. No, we don't know what's happening there. We, we still don't really know what's going on with Big Nelson and, um, you know, the, yeah. the jab situation. Um, it looked earlier on that it, he was, wasn't going to be a part of their squad this year, and that would have been catastrophic for them. But, um, but this game is being played in, uh, in the Combank Stadium, and we're expecting him to be there. Um, I don't know whether he's driving up or not, but uh, might be getting a, a Greyhound bus overnight or something. But I don't know if they still have Greyhound buses, but uh, anyway. A premier? Don't know. Don't catch a bus. <laughs> don't know. Uh, a lot of their forwards are aging. Um, you said aging, still aging then, didn't you? Oh yeah, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't believe they're from our north, but more from, from our southeast. A lot of them from from New Zealand, but uh, um, they might have been to Asia. But uh, anyway, um, so then you'd think they've probably got some guys coming through that we're not maybe aware of yet i know they've got a guy called howarth who they signed to a five-year deal he's a he's a guy from queensland a big boy um he played a little bit in the in the trials i didn't see that he was standing out but they rate him highly obviously signing into a five-year contract so he might be one of the guys coming through and they're going to need guys coming through because half their forward well more than half their forward pack so after this year will be gone um, Smith to the Roosters, two Bromwiches and the Kafusi up to the Dolphins. So, um, obviously, Bellamy has a plan in place. And, uh, you know, the Storm will be up there. I, j I think one of the things, touching on what Shane said, I, I just don't think they're going to be the feared Melbourne Storm of, of the last decade. Yeah, so interesting comments there, fellas. Um... I, I I'll have to agree with you. I don't think this is the the storm team that we um we often look at and say, geez, they're they their premiership. Yeah, you know, yeah. Often we look at the storm like you guys said. You know, we look at the storm and say, geez, they win the grand final. If they don't, a good team will beat them. I just I I just um yeah. You, how do I put it? I'm trying to find a way to say that um even when we have concerns over the storm, they they find blokes, they put a purple jumper on them and they turn into superstars. I think this could be a breakout year for some new superstars and I think Melbourne Storm are one of those teams to watch. We are obviously, though, talking about Storm standards. I mean, we're shaking our heads going, oh, we're not sure. And by the Storm standards, for us, that just means they might come, you know, third or fourth rather than first or second. So yeah. it's, a, it's a pretty high standard they've set down there. They're still a top team. But I think that this start to the year... Um, given there's a couple of injuries, a couple of players who uh, won't be available. Um, be interesting that first 
round game, but uh, round two sets up for a blockbuster. You got the Storm with uh, a lot of their superstars coming back from uh, suspension, and also Latrell Mitchell coming back from suspension in that same and, game. And South Sydney's rubbish um, appearance in Melbourne as well. Yeah, they can't. And I think Graham, I think Graham, you've made a great point because. In my mind, there's five teams. There's Roosters, there's South, there's Penrith, there's Manly, and there's Storm. In yeah. no particular order. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Most would agree with that, I think. It's going to be who blinks that gets that fifth spot. Who blinks, who, 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 you know, who drops a couple of games, who drops them maybe early, who, who you know, who sort of, Fails around origin. Who falters when you need to? Who doesn't finish the year strong? All of a sudden, you've gone from third, second to fifth. And you're now in the bottom pool. That That's the thing for me is that, you know, like, I don't think, look, I, I don't think the Roosters will be in that bottom four. They're in the top four for me. Um, in some ways, look at Penrith, and I think they're probably they're probably in the top four. I think there's that that fit. There's there's third and fourth up for grabs and fifth, and it's who blinks and who sneezes and who farts in the wrong position that's going to get that fifth spot. And you know, a couple of these early games losing, you know, South. You know, I look at South Sydney uh, game one against the the. The Broncos, you know, no Latrell Mitchell. They're going to have to turn up. They're going to have to do a lot better than what they've done in their trials and play well. Um, I look at Penrith. You know, Penrith need to spark up. It's worth two points. The Storm, we're talking about that venom. They need to find that. They need to really do well. Yeah, these are teams that Manly, Manly at times were uh, floundering, you know, with very, with very good players on the field. I really think if you blink in this competition, those top five teams, you will be fifth and you can't afford to blink. Shane, just on that, um, yeah, I, I probably should throw in Para in there as well. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah, Para, Para. But I think what we've, seen, what we've seen in the last couple of years yeah. is it didn't really matter if you weren't in the top four hmm. because five and six had a... You get a had a nothing game. game against yeah. seven and eight. You know, yeah. we saw an understrength Roosters, under massively understrength, still beat the Titans. Mm. Rico, um, is this a is this a is this a is this room for a team like Para and the Titans, who who this year could be could elevate themselves? Look at another opposition. Look at those teams that blinks and goes. Well, all we got to do is in the background keep winning games. Don't have to win them by much. You only got to win them by one. And, and and get generate two points before you know it, we're at the pointy end. Yeah, I just think there's a gap between the top six teams and mm. you know seven through to well. You think the gap? I think I think the Titans and Sharks are probably going to be that gap, next. Do you next think the gap? No, that's a good. You make a great point, Griffo. Do you think the gap between okay, let's just say sixth is a team like the Eels. The Eels and seventh's a team like the Titans, is that gap still as wide or is it starting to narrow? No, I, I think it was was a chasm last year. 
Last year it was huge. Um, what about the year coming up? Do you think the Titans? I think injuries play a role. Yeah, um, of course they do. Of course they do. I um, think it's going to be a top six competition. Can, can I say? Yeah. I, and you know, I look. You know, you can choose my punting form from last year, and I did the tips. So I didn't do that well. Hmm. I think the Titans halfway through the year, with Fafita a year under his belt there. Uh, a more established side, um, missing Fogarty, of course. Um, so the Raiders. <laughs> yes, yeah, that's true. Um, I think that I think that they're just going to be a bit closer to that. I think that chasm's closing in. I, I, it's it's still a ditch, you know, but I, I think it's closing slightly. I'm, I'm not too sure what you guys think. Yeah, I need to see, and, and we need to see some footy, to be honest. Like hope, some real footy, not footy. try yeah. see I, hope, I hope so. I've got a lot of promise about the Titans, but then again, um, we've been waiting for a couple of years for that to come to fruition. So, But they did make the eight last year. They fell yeah. in. But... They did. But you couldn't, yeah, they were one of those clubs that you couldn't set your watch by. And even though yeah. they made the eight, last year we were talking Game about it being a top what? five. You know the game I thought that actually made them and broke them in one game was the was the Roosters game. The where final. They came, or... No, no, no. It was the round. Oh, yeah, round yeah, yeah. Where yeah. They, 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 they actually gave it to them. They yeah. took it right to the Roosters and they absolutely gave it to them. They actually had the game semi-won and then they lost it. And oh, I really right. think that yeah. I really think that made them right up until the point until they lost it and that just broke them. You know, had they had they just held on. And we how many times have we spoken on a podcast about the good teams know how to win? Winning yeah. ugly is far better than losing pretty. And and you know that's, Penrith, that's, Penrith won a, a competition winning ugly Shane. That's the yeah, thing. They did. You're yeah, absolutely they, right. Wins are wins. Winning ugly every week. And, you know, you talk about a lot of the competition winners. I remember South Sydney in 14. There was a lot of games that they won ugly. The 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 Sharks. Sharks in 16. Sharks in 16. They, you know, they lost. They won a lot of their games, including a final in very ugly circuit, you know, playing very ugly football. Um, and And good teams can do it. Good teams just find a way to grind a win. Um, I I reckon in 2012, the Storm, the Storm limped in most games and still was able to turn up and just put in the performance of the year against the Dogs. It's You just got to win ugly and get there. I agree with you, Griff. Uh, a lot of the teams do do that. And they and I think what the difference is between the good teams and the not so good teams is the good teams know they're going to have bad periods throughout the year, but they negate them. And rather than dropping five games, they drop one or two, you know. And and rather than losing 12, 14 points, they lose four. And and that and that just consolidates their position on the on the ladder. And last year's competition. We've never that 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 top four was unprecedented win loss ratio. That was we'll never see that again. The amount of wins that that was in, within that top four was just mind-boggling, really. 
and especially with the top three. And I think that, that, that it showed that they just knew how to win. There were three teams that really, whether it was one, two, six, 20, it didn't matter. They were two points at the end of the day and they knew how to do it. I agree mm. with you. Interesting thing, just to go back on the, um, the storm there before we finish up. Um, not that we condone betting, but I'm not sure if you guys would be surprised to hear this. Sportsbet have them as the uh, the premiership favourites. Well, that is a surprise. That's a surprise. Mm. I... Yeah, uh, Storm are five bucks. They're the favourites. Uh, second favourites are the Panthers at five fifty. Behind mm. them, they've got the Roosters at six fifty. Manly's nine bucks. South eleven. Para thirteen. Mm. So just to round out that six, and oh. interestingly enough, they've got the Sharks next in line. 19 bucks, and the Titans at 21 at the moment. I think Nico Hines factor for the Sharks. The Sharks, the Sharks, if the Sharks years, I don't think this year is the year for the Sharks. Next year, when they've got a 12 months under their belt, I reckon they might, they, they might give it a shake. Mm, some early betting too, just to... Just, you know, obviously we're not about betting on here, but just to give you an idea of what some of the agencies are thinking with the first round and the way it's going, um, Penrith $1.50 against Manly, two fifty-five. That's crap. So that's that's pretty short yeah. for the Panthers, I think. Oh, um, definitely. Too short. Too short. Wow. Raiders are favourites against the Sharks, $1.80 to $2. Uh, that, that'll be a close one, very interesting. I really don't see how. A South South Sydney without Latrell, um, hot favourites dollar forty to Brisbane's two ninety. Oh, I think I think a lot of the hype is, you know, the hot tip and behind closed doors is if Adam Reynolds plays, he's he's significantly underdone. Mm. And Storm, so, they, so they're going to be without. So they could well and truly be without a halfback round mm. one. Interesting to see yeah, how that right. goes. In fact, it's actually um, because of the floods, and I never even thought of this. Because of the floods up there, they've they haven't been able to really have a hit out. So they've done a lot of indoor stuff and a lot of. So the the the, the mail I'm getting is that he was in significant doubt pending training which would probably go well this week and he'll play um they just don't know and they've got a long season ahead do you get your marquee signing playing round one and injuring or do you just say no mate sorry i know playing south would be awesome but I, no thanks i reckon they'll want him to play i reckon he'll have to be oh, look, pretty crook not the, to the, the the thing with and this just goes to show when you're a team, when you're a team in peril, you have to play people. And when you're a team in peril, round one, you've you're in trouble. You, you're in trouble for the rest of the year. Mm. If, if you need Adam Reynolds that bad, underdone and injured, to play South Sydney, who are going to be there or thereabouts at the end of the year. I question whether really you 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 are 
you, you, whether you have the personnel to go anywhere near the eight. Now they're the they're the they're the Broncos. I don't think they do, but you, they you, are down on personnel. Tessie Nia is out with a hamstring. You, you will cut off your nose to spite your face. Mm. I hope he plays. I really do. I hope he plays. As a guy that followed his career since he started, and Graham, since you worked with him. You know, like, I want to see him play. And, and I want to see him flourish. I'm, I'm not that mean. But likewise, I don't want to see him limp off with 20, in 20, un, you know, in under 20 minutes and just make it look foolish. He deserves better than that. Yep. Well, well we've got a week to, to go before they um they hit the field. Knights, Knights game, Greg? What's, what's the Knights game looking like? The Knights game for round one in regards to the, the betting, is that mm-hmm. what you're asking? So they play the Roosters. They do. Um, Roosters are pretty hot in that one, 125 to 385. I just wanted to see how far out they were. Yeah, no, nah, yeah, 385. Um, I'm amazed they're not four fives. <laughs> yeah. Storm are also pretty short against the Tigers, dollar twenty eight to three sixty yeah, for the Tigers. That's ridiculous. I think, I that's ridiculous. Foolishly mm. short, really. Yeah. Given the guys that are out. No, we, we give Muriel much of a leg up. I suppose the only difference is I really think the only directional player the Tigers have is Adam Dewey, and he's not going to be there. Yep. The bookies have the Tigers as the favourites for the spoon now. Okay. That's another... Well, so, they don't win a game. Result, but, yeah. Hmm. If, and, I, and look... They have to win a few games without the way as well. Yeah, yeah. So look just, uh, on the Broncos. Mm. Uh, talking, they, they sort of popped up there. I did hear that uh, Kevin Walters' management are asking the club to to re-sign him. Yes, and I then, heard. That. I heard that too. And, and uh, he wants him. He wants uh, what they call it, significant security. Well, that's <laughs> that right. That's... Yeah, I, I, I'd be saying you've got... Maybe you should you, get you one get... of those crimp-safe uh, fly screens. Weird, it's, it was the weirdest <laughs> wording. I read it and had to read it three in times. In before. other words, he's worried he's going to get sacked and he wants some... Well, you know what? If he wants the backing of the board, then he's buggered. <laughs> no, you know what I think? I think this shows who actually signed Adam Reynolds, who actually put the money behind him. If the board had done it, his job's safe. If he pushed the board into signing him and all of a sudden this is turning to crap, well, it's his head on the block. I I just think it's really bizarre. I you know, you've got we got the best Broncos side on paper in the last three to five years. Really, you know what I mean? Like it's in some ways, yeah. But I, I, I don't do. think they ever had a bad side on paper. That was the thing. Yeah. They just played bad. That's true. That's true. They just played bad. But you know, like I think, I think before I come out and say I want an extension or I want security, um, I'd be wanting to prove performance, wouldn't exactly. I? You'd have to. Yeah, I, I find that bizarre. You have to. You have to show something on the field. I mean, they haven't even got on the field. It's crazy. Is that is that almost asking for this kind of thing? Is that an omission in that we might not go as well as what people expect? 
I, I got to be honest. I don't think people's expectations are huge. I, like, I know. Look, I think if you're most a people have between eighth and twelfth. I think the general rugby league consensus is this team won't finish last. They won't finish in the eight. They'll be about tenth. That's yeah. what I think the general consensus of yeah. the rugby yeah. league community is. Yeah. Right now, if that's a failure. Well, I don't know what you want because you had a side, you actually had a side that was pretty good that ran dead last. So if that's a failure, well, yeah, I, I'm serious. I don't know what you want. Do you want to give you a Brisbane's measuring stick as yeah. to success or failure, whether they finish ahead of Canterbury? I look at those two teams. They Reasonable are two cool, teams yeah. that Reasonable. I think will finish around that sort of, you know, 10th to 12th sort of spot. Mm. And I think they can use that. The, you know, I reckon we could use that as a bit of a measuring stick, a bit of a goal. Say, well, if Brisbane finish it above Canterbury, then I, I think that... Um, yeah. I I think that they'll come about 10th or 11th. And I think Brisbane Canterbury's about 11th or 12th. Brisbane were playing Canterbury round one. Who would you pick? Uh, depends where it was. In, was in Brisbane. Brisbane. Tessie, go with Brisbane. Tessie okay. out. Yeah, oh, look, you'd probably stick with Brisbane, yeah. I'd go Brisbane. You know what? If if the dogs are level or above Brisbane, Brisbane are in trouble. Yeah. There's our measuring stick. There you go. Oh, yeah. We have a we have the um dog. The dog. Well we're very in, in true in, in true punters form. Stick We've, your tail out and jump over it. We, we, we don't have a two-horse race. We don't have a two-dog race. We've got a dog racing a horse. So uh, the punters will love that one. It just shows there's, there's plenty to keep an eye on this year. The, what's that? The horse and the dog cup. The horse and dog cup. Gee, that sounds prestigious, doesn't it? Um, look, we know the NRL competition is very prestigious. We're looking forward to that starting next week. We'll have a big preview. Uh, before we head off today, fellas, uh, I want to get your thoughts. We've we've had one round of the NRLW last week. Uh, we saw wins yeah. to the Dragons over the Titans. Uh, as we said last week, the Broncos, uh, they're looking very strong. They had a good win over the Roosters. Um, I'll be honest with you. The, um, the field goal. The game of the, the round. Eels-Knights. That was a cracker. Uh, there was some good footy coming out of... Um, out of the weekend there. Brisbane looked strong, but that game on, um, I think it was uh, this, the late game on Sunday, Sunday with the yeah. Knights and Eagles. Very entertaining, fellas. Yeah, good game. It and they've all been good games. Like, yeah, it's, it, it is, it is, it, it has a level of quality about it now. Um, yeah, it's, it's about generating interest. If, you know, I think we spoke about this last year and Griffo put it perfectly. You know, if if we want this to flourish and we want them to get paid higher and we want it, we have to watch this. We have to support this. And the only way they're going to see reap the benefits of the effort they put in outside of winning games, of course, and, and winning, is if is if people like us who love rugby league get on board and enjoy this. And I, I really did over the weekend. I, I think the Brisbane Broncos will still go undefeated. They'll be going to be hard to beat. But I don't think they've ever lost a game. They might have yeah. lost one game in their history. Like, Any. I don't know. Um, it's not a long history, yeah. but they don't lose. No. Yeah, so I think they don't lose. 
I think look, the field goal on the weekend was good to watch. It was perfectly executed. Um, yeah, I, and you know what? It's you know we can talk about this type of game to we're blue in the face, and and we're we're three lovers of the game. Unless the public support this and watch it and go to it, it's it's not going to generate the interest. Mm. And I think you know we're lucky to work in our work. We we talk to young women who are playing rugby league for, at a very elite level, and you know they need support. So I I think I think the product is looking better and better every year. It just needs the support, and until it generates the support. You know, it is where it is. So um, if you're liking it and you're enjoying what you're watching, keep watching it or go out and see it. You know, like, let's face it, the NRL the NRL men's game is built on how many people are watching Fox 9 and Chaos. Exactly. So yeah, just watch exactly. you know, just get it on your telly, watch it, get your bum on the seat, you know. That's, that's where I, I disagree with the calls to have, you know, to say put them on before a men's game. Mm. Um, and, and, and the same with Origin and, and I vehemently disagree because you're not you're not bringing anything more mm. like you're not getting yeah, more people call. going through the gate mm. because they're going to watch yeah. the men's game they might turn up early and watch them but there's no they don't count for two people whereas when they're standalone but, those yeah. people are going to watch them Yep. yep, and then likewise on on um, you know on the TV, if you've got them playing before the men's game, you're probably not going to see them on TV most nights because there's another men's game on at the same time. Yeah, I agree. And, um, so and you, you're not yeah. generating any more revenue that way. They must stand alone. And you know what I think we need to see, Griff, is at you know standalone round. You know, I I know they're doing two competitions essentially. So whenever they whenever they can fit it in, um, you know how we have the round in Brisbane, the magic round, the magic round at Parramatta, just have almost like Saturday, you know, have have a suite of games. Yeah, good idea. You can turn up and you just you turn up at I know two o'clock or or twelve o'clock. And you're watching the women's league back to back, enjoying the footy in a great stadium. I think that I think I think it's it's becoming made for that. So I agree with you. I think that I think standalone um, opportunities which make that game flourish. Once you tag it on to something, it's an ad hoc add on, and you don't want that. It, it gains nothing. In revenue or, or viewers, really, because, no, because the men's viewers will be watching the, the, the men's game. Yeah. It's on somewhere else. So only one time the women rugby league should be before the men, and that's on grand final day. Oh yeah. You know, like I have a grand final. You know what I mean? Like if yeah, yeah, yeah. If I see that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a grand final day. That's when they play on grand final day. But you know, I, I'd go watch it if, if you know. And this is where I think we've got to start. I think the NRL needs to start playing things a bit smarter. Um, I think they've got to start looking at the patronage of the men's game and saying, okay, what's a couple of teams we can throw in there 
that really might generate bums on seats. You know that that, and I think if you, I think they've got to start looking at that. Like I look at the dogs, um, they've got Parramatta in there. I look at the Panthers, and I look at South Sydney. I think their, I think their patronage of those clubs, is made, for following football, and, and if you're going to. I know you can't have a large competition because the pool's not there, but I think you need a mix of teams that that have quality. Um, and look, you know, the teams I mentioned there have actually proven themselves in women's rugby league, and and a couple of those actually helped other women's rugby league clubs uh, put the put the applications in to become women rugby league clubs. I think the patronage is there, the pool is there, and I think that there's enough in the jersey to make them viable. And that's why I think in the first round of, I, I really looked at was the jersey viable? Um, and even now I look at is the jersey viable? And I think that really matters. Um, I follow South Sydney. You, you follow Penrith Griff, Graham follows South Sydney. We're not going to follow Parramatta in the Women's League because South Sydney or Penrith's not there. I'm following South Sydney. I'll watch the South Sydney Women's League. I go online and I follow what they do. Um, you know, you chuck them on, you chuck them in WRL and I'll go watch them. I'll, I will go watch them. If South Sydney's playing in Brisbane, I'll go down and watch them. I don't care. I want to watch South Sydney play. And I think this is where they've undervalued it slightly. They've undervalued the ideal of the fan. And so I think we need to look at where the larger fan bases are to generate the interest. The girls are playing out of their skin and they're playing some great football. So let's now generate some interest. Yeah, fair call. I'll tell you what, it's a tough competition. There's some big hits. Um, <laughs> one of the... Hits, right. I'll, I'll tell you what. What are the... Got, yeah, the... China, far out. Yeah, the parahooker, um, Therese Aiton. Eight, on. Yeah. 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 Her cheek was, oh, it was, it was, it was out there. And there was, there was even a few other players that, um, I noticed, was it Millie Boyle I saw at one stage and she had the, the yeah, tape showing under the chin around. and over yeah, the head? Yeah. yeah, she looked like she'd, uh, yeah, she had to be put back together like a uh, crash test dummy there. But it just shows yeah. it's, the, the, the quality there, the, it's real. It's 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 a it's real competition, and it's definitely worth a look if you haven't had a look. Yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about um about the female game, and and you guys are right. We've got to continue to develop the NRLW. Yeah. Yep. All right. I think that might do us, fellas. Um, gee, no. Next week's going to be a big one, isn't it? Fair dinkum. Oh, we got. Oh yeah. We've got season predictions next week, and we have the round one previews. So, uh, as you guys be aware, uh, we record on a Wednesday night. The show drops late on Wednesday. So, uh, next week, uh, most of you I know do pop it on at work on Thursday. We'll be talking about the Thursday night footy as well as the rest of the games that weekend. Uh, Big season opener with the Panthers and uh, Manly next week. 
Uh, before that, we've got another week of the NRLW and plenty of news. We know there will never be a dull moment when the uh, when the NRL is in existence. So uh, we'll cover all the news and happenings next week as well. Um, but yeah, we'll be back with Shano's tidbits next week. That'll uh, yeah. they'll get back in the swing of things. Obviously, we had Griffo's grab and Graham's gaff today, and um, we're, new we're segment. Back. We'll make a call on the fly. We're going to bring back next week, Griffo. I think it worked tonight, and um, we'll see what the fans think. Let's make it a bit more formal next week. Let's talk about it. Crack out your uh, your yellow vest. I think we'll uh, we'll have a look at the big issues again next week. Oh yeah, we'll be. Uh, I'll be in the city there. That's right. Red and yellow on with the big issue in my hand. No. <laughs> Looking at it from the back page, of course, the big issue was in rugby league. Yep, uh, he'll he'll have the hat out. If you see an excited man handing you a copy of Rugby League Week this week at the train station, right. make sure you say good day to Griffo. Just remember, he doesn't have a home. <laughs> he doesn't really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, see you guys. Bye-bye.